Welcome into the official tonight. We will be talking about QB charting, breaking down five of the top quarterbacks of the 2023 class. I went through each and every play of a few games and we'll show you what we came up with. Additionally, a flurry of commitments over the last week, which of course we will go by one by one, talk about landing spot, talk about what we expect from these players uh, and how good they can be. This is the official. Hello, gentlemen. Glad to see you on the official tonight. Full house. Love to see that. Um, last week, David talked to us about the Elite 11. And this week, we are going to talk about more quarterbacks. But we'll talk about a couple of things that I've done with some play-by-play charting. And then, of course, we're going to talk about all the commitments that happened over the last week, which was quite a few. Um, I think we have, what, seven or eight on the list, guys? Yep. Looks like we got, yeah, around almost 10. A lot of action. And these are all four stars or better. That's not even including the three stars and some of the other guys. I mean, we try to keep it to the blue chips because um, we do want to have some other content on the show. But uh, before we get started, like and subscribe to this channel if you enjoy the content. Visit campuscanta.com if you haven't already. Um, we just released the College Fantasy Football Guide, available for $20. Uh, the most in-depth thing you're going to see for all of college football. And I would say like maybe as in-depth as like the Phil Steele Bible that comes out every year with a fantasy spin as well. So, I mean, you're talking about deep dives on Georgia Southern, New Mexico, like every single team is covered, every depth chart. Um, and so you can pick that up there and see all the other great content we have on the website, tools, ADP, rankings, and of course, uh, plenty of articles, both on the college side and NFL side. So, David, you went to the Elite 11, and I did not go to the Elite 11, neither did Matt. However, I did watch a couple of games. And so I think what we started a few weeks ago, well, no, we've been doing this for like a month, was kind of this idea of charting. We're going to, it's not that unique. People do it. But I think for high school high school players, this is a bit unique. I mean, do either of you know of anyone else who's really doing play-by-play -play documentation of of uh, information on high school games? I don't know anyone sick enough to do that. <laughs> You've come to the right place for watching this. Um, you know, obviously, PFF is a website that does this for, for pro. I think, David, you've actually even done it. I don't know if it was pro or college for them. So you're kind of an expert with good experience in this area. Um, they do it for college. No one's doing it for high school, but it matters to us. So we're going to just say no one is doing it. We're going to do it. We set up a spreadsheet for quarterbacks. Um, and some of the interesting things that, Matt, you kind of tallied and are able to spit out is, um, you know, dot for a high school quarterback. Like we, we, we don't know that unless we go through and watch the, watch the plays themselves Tar on target percentage. So, we watch these players and we say was whether or not completed or not is indifferent from was the throw on target. Um, also, uh, you know, 
yards per attempt is something we can look at, but we don't know about ADOT. We do also yards after catch. So maybe they're completing short passes and everybody's just running down the field. Um, Matt, you also are, have been charting wide receivers as well, but we're not going to get into those players just uh, tonight. But what are some of the stats that you kind of keep track of there that you can't find anywhere else? Yeah, so I've been collecting things like contested targets or just targets in general. It's something you can't get, but contested mm -hmm. targets, contested catches, yards after the catch, uh, air yards, yards over expected, drops, all the goodies that you can expect to find. Oh, the, all the route variations, the percentages for those routes. Right, that's defensive, huge. I mean, yeah. Defensive alignment on those routes. So, right. a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff, and it's it's uh, it's grueling. But I feel like you do um, get a better sense for the player doing things this way. I mean, you can get a sense for a player watching the huddle highlights. I know in a lot of cases that's all we have to go off of, but you get a completely different perspective often watching every game or watching every play of every game, wouldn't you say? Oh, for sure. It changed my outlook on a couple players already. And so speaking to that, what I wanted to start off here is a little game so I've got five guys I've watched, Arch Manning, everyone's, you know, golden boy, Jaden Rashada, the NIL hound, <laughs> Malachi Nelson, who is out in California, and some people have him as the number one QB. So those three guys, pretty high profile. Uh, I also looked at Ricky Collins when he went to the uh, no, Elite 11 finals, so he was an interesting guy to me. And then the... The, everyone's talking about J.J. Cole from the finals, and our Discord voted that they, he was the guy they wanted uh, some charting on. I would say I've seen at least 30 plays in a row from all these guys, some of them up to 50 plays, depending on how many games I was able to get in. Uh, but that's still a pretty decent sample size. And so the game here is I'm going to put three words up on the screen. You tell me out of those five who you think it is. So let's start with quick release inconsistent raw what quarterback am i talking about matt go first take a guess uh, i'm gonna go with rashada david uh yeah i would go with rashada as well i would say you guys are right so that is rashada um you know he does have some good arm talent uh you know david you can speak to this because you've seen him live but i think he flashes really awesome arm talent with a quick release and a, and a high velocity um, but you know, and you can see that on the, on the highlights when you, when I watched a, a few games, a couple, I think half of one and two full games or something like that. Um, he, he just does not seem to have that like commanding presence on the field. He, there, there was multiple delay of games, which we have kind of a score we're working on. I don't know how we'll end up exactly calculating it, but like it takes into account sacks, delays of game, um, and turnover worthy plays on the negative side, on the positive side, like um, big time throws, I think, and uh, and like getting the defense to jump. So like some of these intangibles, Rashada came out pretty bad in that index right now because of a lot of delay of games. I mean, maybe it's just a bad game. Maybe communication was bad, but he just didn't quite look like a complete product, which he's a junior. I mean, but some of these guys do look much more complete by now. So, um, David, anything to add there you know, after you saw him in person? And I agree with that. I've seen him twice now in person. So I've seen a, de a decent sample size in person. Um, and, yeah, I'll say he's, like, uh, streaky probably. 
and inconsistent. Like I totally agree with that. His arm talent is, is it stands out for sure. I like in Vegas, I was very excited about him. He played really well. Um, I thought he was the best player that day. And then, you know, fast forward to the, uh, the finals in LA and he's just gonna, kind of all over the place. Um, I didn't even rank him in my top 11 for the, for the three days. So I actually didn't see a lot of outlets that had him in the top 11. So, no. although he had had quite an eventful few weeks leading up to it. I mean, there's a chance he's like the human element. I mean, he was tired or whatever, tons of visits, uh, all that stuff. But I mean, just watching his game, it all kind of seems to point in the same direction. So uh, that's Jaden Rashada. Certainly some tools to build on, but I don't think he's a five-star guy. I mean, he, he's got some talent, but like if you're a five-star, I think you should be a little more of a, of a complete package at this point. Um, all right, next up, dynamic, daring, wind-up. That has to do with like the delivery. I'll go with, David? Uh, I'll go with Ricky Collins. Matt? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the only guy that's really dynamic that's left here. So, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, no, you got it. Uh, David saw, saw him live. I mean, I think that windup is something that bothers me. But otherwise, I was really impressed watching him, actually. Um, I think I watched uh, a few parts of a few games, got 32 plays. Um, and he was running a full-blown spread, like single backfield, just him back there. Um, the defense, I think, was running a lot of zone, so he's kind of picking apart that zone. But what really stood out to me was his, like, mobility and athleticism, like truly a running threat, um, which I didn't see. Honestly, it's one of those things, like, I didn't see that much on his highlights. But when I watched the full game, uh, escapes the pocket and can be legitimately dangerous uh, on the ground. And so I obviously, you know, that's my thing. I love that. So, <laughs> so that was exciting to see. That windup, I would like to see tightened up a bit. He does kind of have this really long throwing motion, which I don't have scientific evidence that that matters, but I feel like it matters. Uh, I like the quick release. David, anything added? He wasn't really – he was on – I saw him, his name on a couple of top 11s and then not mentioned in others. So I think he was kind of like maybe hit or miss for the people that were there. I think I might have been higher than most people, it seems like. I, I had him rank seventh. Um and I hadn't really watched his film going into it. And he surprised, like his accuracy surprised me quite a bit. Like I thought he did really well in the pro day. Um, he generated a lot of velocity on his passes. So it'll be interesting, like if he maintains that velocity once he shortens that. I'm assuming he'll have to shorten his windup a little bit. Um, but yeah, super athletic, um, really good functional athleticism. He's good at throwing on the run. And he, he absolutely crushed the um, accuracy competition. Yeah, um, I mean, he. He comes out of the five I've charted. He's got the most, the highest, uh, well, second highest on target and highest completion percentage uh, and the highest A dot. So he's throwing the ball downfield and he's, he's on target very often. So he's, he's coming up pretty impressive for me in these five, in this group of five. Um, all right. Next calculated, mature, safe. Matt, who is it? Uh, I would guess, uh, Arch here. Yeah. Arch Manning for me. You guys are too good. I can't stop <laughs> you. Yeah. That's definitely Arch Manning. I mean, it helps. We've probably talked about this a lot in our group Slack, but, um, yeah, Arch, 
uh, is all those things. I mean, I think he's an incredibly high floor guy on this, uh, on this index we have here. He's like, he's, he's the only guy of the five that's in the positive, which is like, cause he, he had one game through the defense offside like five times. And you could tell it was on a hard count, like watching it. He's like, He's doing the same thing, and then every once in a while he'll throw in one where he, like, fakes it, they jump, and then he snaps it. I mean, I think that's intentional. I don't think it was just the defense, you know, being unlucky or something like that. So I think – and you know, you don't see that. I mean, you just don't see that very often. Um, drew a couple PIs, like, where I could tell the throw was a little, I think, intentional. Like, he saw the guy draped, he threw it in that direction, got a PI. So there's some stuff there that he's – advanced as you would expect i mean that's what you would think really disappointed with his a dot um very low um uh 8.2 there are three other guys over 10 he was an 8.2 a dot there were multiple plays behind the line takes what the defense gives him all that stuff that you say you know for like kind of a cerebral whatever quarterback but i expected a little more flash None of us have seen him. He doesn't go to the Elite 11. Matt, what do you think of Arch? I mean, have you have you watched him some? I'm just – I continue to walk away saying high floor, but I'm not that excited. Yeah, I mean, I generally agree with that because, like you said, he hasn't been out there competing against some of the other best quarterbacks in the nation. He's playing really poor competition in high school. He's not even, like, really – dominating dominating i mean he's doing good obviously but his film itself isn't you know he's not just disregarding the competition like he should be and you know that's a bit disappointing and there's you know there's obviously the name which is going to naturally have him vaulted so your questions are if really how much that is really adding to his general evaluation like maybe am i subconsciously hyping him up a little bit more than he should be so it's a difficult evaluation, really. And, I, you know, I think no matter what, he has to be a top five quarterback for everybody pretty much. But it's uh, – well, I, I, I mean, I, I, because yeah. I'm considering starting to drop him a little bit. I, I think he's ending up in a great spot. And I think no matter what happens, they get drafted just because he's a Manning. But, yeah, know, I, sure. I'm not loving the talent that I see. I just love the situations about him. You know, he's going to Texas. He's going to be a good offense. No matter what, he's getting drafted. So, like, there's, like you said, a lot of safeness there. I think in our, you know, in this business, you know, more than some of the other prospecting you do from rookies to the NFL, where you're already talking about guys who are on an NFL team or even pro fantasy, you're talking about ceiling floor. I'm all ceiling. But I think in this business, with the bust rate of 75%, probably, I mean, I think having the floor that we're talking about is worth something. Uh, it's just not as super exciting. Um, I will say he's more mobile and willing to run than I would have thought. So that's kind of nice too, in terms of fantasy upside. Uh, all right, next, this one's another layup. You guys are going to get all five <laughs> structured, big and accurate. JJ Cole. <laughs> Matt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was too easy. I mean, I threw in big. That's like one of his defining characteristics. Like six foot huge. Mm-hmm. He's just massive. Um, as far as what I watched him, he's kind of everything you'd, you'd think of a 6'6", 230-pound quarterback. Like, he's just – he's big. He's a pocket guy. He doesn't move very much. He 
Um, he kind of needs structure, I think. There's a number of plays, especially in the beginning of the game. I watched the playoff game um, where he, you know, he takes his drop and he, he threw it, kind of cutting through a zone, but it's over the middle, you know, between the hashes on slants and ends. And he looked great. Rifles in there, you know, 15-yard to dot kind of thing. And then there were plays where he had to do anything kind of extra, and I felt like he struggled. I felt like he struggled to even like, – there was one play, it was a freaking bubble screen. And just for him to, like, turn his body, reset his feet, looked hard for him to do it. So um, – and then there was some, you know – some deep outs, you know, 15 yard cross hash out that I didn't think was terribly impressive in terms of velocity to the out and things like that. But when he could line up and throw it straight over the middle, he really could rifle it in there. And you saw a lot of, a lot of zip on the ball. Uh, David, I know he had a great elite 11 and you were telling me uh, before we recorded that you felt he did look good. I mean, to you too. Yeah, I mean, he looked good in drills, like, outside the pocket. Like, he didn't look like a terrible athlete, but there's no there's no pressure. I mean, he's just rolling out and throwing on air, so it's, that doesn't really tell us a whole lot. So I don't know how much we really learned from the event in general, but, he, I mean, he does have a, a huge arm. Um, his deep ball accuracy, I thought, was the best throughout the whole week. You know, it is just three days. Uh, you know, I don't know. I'm just – I had him third overall for the event for those three days. But I think that he's um, probably going to be reliant on the system that he's in and the weapons around him and going to Mm -hmm. Iowa state. I don't know if he, if fantasy football players are going to be super excited about that. Um, But I do think he has um, like an NFL arm and size and all that. I think that's fair. Just for the record, he, out of these five guys, he does as the highest on target percentage he has, his completion percentage is actually pretty low because the game was um, brutal for drops. I mean, his teammates were not helping him out too much. He also has a pretty good A dot, um, twelve point two, which is second highest of this five. So um, you know, there's some things going for him. I just wasn't terribly impressed, and he's definitely like not my style from for fantasy perspective, at least. Uh, all right, and then this one: la- process of elimination. Placement smooth, confident. Uh, Malachi. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, I I couldn't really put – he was the easiest one. Those three words are like exactly what he does. I mean, he's so smooth. One of the things that strikes me, especially watching the full game, again, better than the highlights, he's so smooth. I mean, all his movements in and out of the pocket – are just like butter. I mean, he is so, he just exudes this like control of the game. He knows what's going on. Everything looks so easy for him. He's peaceful in the pocket, even when stuff's flying around him, which, you know, that's really exciting. And and that's something you probably can't get from highlights because you're mostly going to be watching successful plays. But even on unsuccessful plays, he gets pressure. He's still like, he just eludes. I mean, he's got, it's a little bit, this is a little hyperbole, but he's he's in that Bryce Young vibe in terms of like that pocket presence where he just moves perfectly. Like he knows spatial awareness really well. Uh, and I, I, that's what I felt from Malachi. He's one of my favorites so far. I mean, I just he was a joy to watch. Truly, I can't say anything else. 
Yeah, I feel like he's probably going to end up being CCC's consensus QB1. Like, I don't know anybody on the team yet who doesn't have him at QB1. Yeah, so, so I, I agree I, with that. I feel like it's pretty oh, yeah. easy. He's just he's just such a natural mm-hmm. passer. Well, David, I, uh, David is a, is a more standard. Oh, right, no, David, you have Dante Moore. I forgot. Yeah, I have Dante Moore. Um, I don't know. The one big thing that keeps bothering me is that he's he's on the older side. Like he's, mm-hmm. I think oh, he's going to yeah. be. Um, there's that. Yeah, there's that, and he's really skinny. Yeah, so you would think like, that he'd be more physically. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's like only. a nineteen point two on national science. Yeah, or something w- like that. Which he's old. was in the database that I have so far, which is I think it goes back ten to twelve years or something like that. He's. I think he's like in the top ten oldest. Um, oh. And so like Dante's one point five years mm-hmm. younger. Um, and he's super accurate, and he's just so savvy too. I I don't know. That's one of the differences. Um, I, I actually seeing Dante, uh, in person, like you can, he looks young too. Like his, like he has a lot of baby fat. Like, so I'm hoping mm-hmm. that like he's, once he gets in that college weight room, like he kind of transforms his body and becomes more athletic. And cause that's the biggest knock on, on him right now is, is rushing, but I don't want to go to Dante more rant, but I, you know, I obviously love Malachi too. Well, I wanted to watch Dante more the other night. Uh, and I, but I asked the Discord, and they said JJ Cole. I would have rathered watched more. I think more and more Nelson are in, are in a tier by themselves for me. So they are my top tier. Um, I right now have Nelson as one, but once I chart more, I you know I, I definitely I think I'm open uh, if he if he wows me, and I think there's a chance he does. But now we have a few minutes here to talk about commitments, and like we have ten guys. I'll kick it off with Avery Johnson committed the other day to Kansas State. Not a tremendous surprise. Some interesting notes about him. He's a four-star, right around the top ten for most websites. Third highest rated QB to ever sign with KSU, which I was surprised about. But uh, Josh Freeman, and actually a guy they signed last year, technically had a higher 24-7 grade. Um, but we've talked about him ad nauseum. He's on, our, he's on our interview show. We all really like him a lot. Uh, just a reminder, clocked at 21 miles an hour. That's blazing for a quarterback. Um, how about just touch on the Kansas State offense now that we know where he's going? Uh, either of you have a thought real quick on how he fits in or, or what that could look like in that offense? Well, with, I mean, Dave, you might be a little more knowledgeable on me, but uh, with Colin Klein there now, it's really – I think it's they're going to – and they brought in Drew Martinez, and it, they're really going to emphasize the quarterback running game, which – that's really a perfect landing spot for Avery there, I think. He's going to put up really good fantasy production. It could end up being a year two starter. Yeah, I mean, we're going to find out really quick how, you know, what that offense is. Was Colin Klein there last year, or is he? I don't think so. Either if it was, it was his first year. Okay. Because Skylar Thompson ran quite a bit last year, right? But, we'll, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll find out. I mean, they're obviously. They'd be dumb to not use Adrian Martinez as a runner. I mean, so and then the same goes for Avery. He's a, he's a similar player, but I think he's got better um, passing talent. So interestingly, just to just to circle back, Colin Klein's been there. Actually, he's been at Kansas State in some capacity for about five years since 2017. We know he uh, was he a quarterback there up. as well. Yeah, he was QB coach. Then he was like a co-OC for one year. Then he got bumped back to QB coach for the last th- two or three years. and But now he is OC. So mm-hmm. it'll be a little bit more of his signature on that offense. 
Um, and I agree with, with everything you said. Pretty exciting spot. And they're they're kind of heating up on the recruiting trail too. So Kansas State might have a little thing going right now. Um, which I, that's always a team, honestly. Like I, I like when they're good. Like back in the Michael Bishop days and um, uh, Darren Sproles, like they were always just a fun team out in Manhattan, middle of Kansas. Uh, all right, Chris Culliver. I'm not impressed very much with him. He's not very fast. He doesn't seem to like. He's like a he's like a straight line guy who's not fast. So I don't I don't really. Not I, 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 I disagree with you a little bit here. I think he please do. So he's a guy Ohio State was actually looking at for a bit. He has an offer from them, and I think his game is pretty similar to Bryson Rogers, who I didn't say glowing things about him the other week on the show, but I don't think he's bad. And I think going to North Carolina is a better spot than. Ohio State at that level of talent. So I, I like it. I think he fits a different role than what most of the other North Carolina receivers are. Like, he can end up filling into that downs role, I think. Mm-hmm. But okay. And, you know, Andre Green doesn't fit that role. Um, who's the fast guy they got last year? Um, Tyshawn Chapman. Yeah, yeah he's Tyshawn not that. doesn't fit that role. So, yeah, he, that's why, you know, I think he could end up being a decent fantasy asset. Don't really like his Debbie upside. Well, see, I would have said that for the next guy, and we'll just kind of rapid fire a little bit here. Christian Hamilton strikes me as more of like a guy who could uh, do a little Josh Downs uh, type role. He's he's certainly the size of Josh Downs coming in at only 167 pounds right now, but he's clocked much faster. 21.5 is very fast. He looked way more twitchy, way more change of direction to me versus Chris Culliver. Either you guys have a read, both going to UNC, so they're rounding out their receiving class. Yeah, I felt like he was more of a, a the slack guy, um, just because he's, you know, you said it yourself, 167 pounds. It's pretty small. It's a similar size to what Josh Jones was coming out, I think. Um, and I think he's only listed at 171 right now. So, um, and they're both pretty fast, 21.5 miles per hour. He's fast. Um, pretty good um, production profile. His film's pretty good. Um, He's in a normal age range, which I look at 18.28 on National Signing Day. Played a decent strength of schedule for North Carolina, 20.7. Um, I think that's like an average. Matt, do you know the average strength of schedule for max preps? Like, uh, I think for wide receivers, it's 28. I mean, it's okay. probably the same across every so, position. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, all right. So, on, like his strength of schedule is a little bit on the weaker side, but not terrible. So I don't know. I think he's a decent prospect overall, maybe like a top 20, 25 receiver in the class, something like that. I don't know. Exactly that high for me. All right, Matt, your guy, Jeremiah Cobb, didn't go where you maybe would have hoped. You said you didn't love the Auburn landing spot. Um, Is it just because of Harson? I mean, they're going to run the ball a lot. Yeah, I just don't feel – I feel like he's a back that you want to use creatively because he can line up out wide and succeed there. And I just don't think – like whether he's going to go and line up where Tank Bigsby was and just pound the rock, like that just doesn't – yeah. He could end up being a good producer that way, but it's just not how I'd like it to be. He could be better off in a different role. And something you won't find anywhere else – he has a very bad strength of schedule. So despite the gaudy stats, a negative 5.4 strength of schedule per hour, uh, per hour numbers. So he did it against bad competition. However, 
he does have legit speed over 21 miles per hour. He does show pass catching. You know, that's whoever you're playing against. They'll got to catch the ball. Still got to line up wide. So um, I think he's an interesting prospect. Um, sorry, he went to Auburn for you, man. I know you're <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's not the following along with great anticipation. Another Auburn commit. They're a little hot on the recruiting trail. Carmelo English uh, comes in at – he will be almost 19 at signing day, so that's that's not great um, projector going forward. Also, actually has yards per reception under his team average, which was – so he's not – not only was he not the, you know, on average of his team, he's actually a little less. That's a little concerning, but he's very fast. I thought he had some nice change of direction, yak, yak ability, at least on his huddle. But these other stats don't seem to paint that glowing of a picture. David, any thoughts there? Yeah, you, you pretty much covered it. Like the, the He's old for his class, and his teammates kind of outperformed him a little bit there. And receivers going to Auburn don't really excite me. I don't know about you guys, but yeah, I'm not very high on this guy. Auburn just doesn't excite me. At this point, yeah, at this point, I think I don't don't, don't want Auburn quarterbacks, don't want their wide receivers, don't want – well, I guess quarterbacks is fine, but not great. All right. All right, so speaking of another offense you probably don't want to see your favorite recruit go to, Omarion Miller is going to Nebraska. Uh, This is a big, lanky guy. Um, that's the best I can say about him. Anybody else have more <laughs> thoughts on Miller and what he can bring to the table? He's a four star. He's ranked fairly high. Yeah, I mean, this is like very typical, like average athlete destroying awful, really bad competition, like really, really bad. Negative thirteen Negative. twenty SOS. <laughs> Which you Negative know, Jeremiah Cobb's is bad, but this is like really bad. And at least Almost Jeremiah Cobb has the. Bad athletic traits to make up for it, where Omarion is just an average athlete, just totally trouncing on guys who aren't going to play in college. Yeah. He does. And the tape kind of looks like, and, that. and then, yeah. And he's not even, and then he's just going to a school that's, he's not going to be very productive at. Yeah. If you just look at raw stats, like you're going to think this guy's an absolute monster, but like when you really dig into his film and stuff, like I wrote down, he doesn't really have any dominant traits and he didn't, he didn't seem very twitchy to me. Yeah. So I agree like, with you. Yeah. And I like lean it, more, more, more on the film, I think in this, in this scenario. I mean, there was one play, I think, and you know, this is on his highlight tape and someone's like, yeah, we, we should put that on there. He's kind of like slogging down the field and is basically just standing there in between two DBs and the ball gets like tipped and he's not even really jumping. He kind of just like, reaches up and grabs it and stumbles over the guys. And it's like, this play doesn't show me anything. Like, why would you even put that on a highlight tape? I mean, it ended up being like a 70 yard play or something, but like it just was him playing keep away with some tiny DVs. I don't know. Um, all right. Dontavious Braswell, South Carolina logs a four star composite, but he's a three star on the, on three or no, on the 24 seven site rankings. He's an interesting guy. Listen to 200. I didn't think he looked 200. And I think that to me would make a big difference. If he's really 200 and get, get to 210, 215 in college, pushing over 20 miles an hour, that's pretty interesting. But I think he could be close to like 185, 190. What do you think? I just, I think he looks every bit of 200. I think he looks to even honestly a little bit bigger than 200, like 205 maybe. All right. All right. Well, then that becomes. I, I'm also, I'm also really high on him though. So. 
He's yeah. jumped into Thanks. my top five running backs. I was late to the party on him, and now I'm probably the highest one on him. I agree with you. I think you put it here, likes to kick it outside. Kind of a good cutter. He does seem to use, but he can use that because he's got, he's approaching 21 miles an hour, which for a running back is very fast. Um, good weight. Yeah, I got him at 21 too. Yeah. And he looks like he, he just, he does look like when he can kind of like get out in the open field, he does have a next gear to really take it to the house. So that was noticeable to me as well. Um, certainly an interesting player. And I mean, South Carolina is going to be running back. He's got soon. good track times too. Ran 10, uh, 7 2 this year for track. Yeah. I think South Carolina, they do pretty well with running backs. They have a good history, history there. Anytime yep. running backs 200 pounds and hitting 21 miles per hour, I'm like automatically interested. Absolutely. He's a little bit of a mystery. We don't have a full statistical profile on him, but apparently he averaged 13.5 um, yards per carry and uh, played a decent strength of schedule in Georgia. Um, we don't have a date of birth on him either, but as far as I can tell, I don't see a whole lot of red flags at this point. Yeah. But he's just a guy that prospect. As soon as I cut the tape on with him, he just moves a lot differently than the rest of the running backs in the class. And uh, he reminded me of a smaller uh, Rocket Sanders. If Rocket mm. Sanders was an average-sized running back. Yeah, instead of 230. Yeah, uh, just like the I way mean, they cut or something like that. Maybe I just didn't have my, my spectacles on or whatever. I mean, if you're telling me he really, you know, to you looks all of 200, I thought you're right. I mean, the way you oh, yeah, I just, he was I just double-checked the sites. The only site that doesn't have him at 200 is uh, Rivals at 190. So okay, he's, he's between 190 and 200. But he's bursty. I mean, I agree, like, the things you said. And even at not 190, I mean, that's still impressive. If, he, if he's all that and he's 200, I mean, I'm, I agree that he's very exciting. Uh, all right, let's do Jacquees Petaway, uh, who just committed today, I believe, to Oklahoma. I don't have an opinion. What do you guys think on him? I, I haven't really had a chance to look at him yet. Um, yeah, I think David. yeah, I'll just start off. He's so a little, a little, a little on the slighter side. He's 5'11, 170. Uh, but he's uh, he tested really off the charts track wise 10, 4, 1, 100 meter. Uh, really good 200 meter, 20.81, 23 long jump, 43 triple jump. So we know he's athletic. Um, production profile is like decent. Doesn't like jump out completely, but like 43 catches, 745 yards, seven TDs, 3.3 uh, receiving yards per team pass. Tent, that's solid. 5.7 yards per reception over team. That's solid. Um, 21.7 strength of schedule. I'm just throwing out a ton of numbers here, but that's solid. So like, that's all good. But then you get to his, his date of birth. This is not a thing <laughs> that just bothers me. He's old for it. He's already 18 years old, I think. So mm. I don't have a DOB on him. I just know that he's at already 18, according to on three's recruiting profile. So that's and it's like definitely something worth mentioning. I mean, we've, we've run it through our wide receiver model and there is, you know, younger is better even in high school. So you know, you, you mention it, but it's not, it's worth mentioning. It's, I just wanted to say, like, it's not just something that is only bothers you. I think it's something we should all consider. Um, all right. Last two, probably my favorite two of this discussion. Micah Tease, four-star athlete, but probably playing wide receiver and committed to Arkansas. 
out of Oklahoma. I feel like Arkansas has kind of carved a little pipeline into Oklahoma. They got AJ Green out of there. They got a couple other players out of there. Solidly built 5'11, 179. He really shows up with the speed. You got him at 21.5. Um, tell me more about Micah Tease. I see a note here. I don't know who wrote it. Might be better at defense, but he, I guess he wants to play offense. What do we think? Yeah, that's what it seems. I think most of the teams were offering him for defense. And I think that's why I ended up ultimately choosing Arkansas is because their wide receiver coach was his primary recruiter. So the assumption mm. is – nobody. I don't think it's been confirmed anywhere yet, but the assumption is he'll probably play wide receiver at the moment. And yeah, he's a really fun player. He's definitely a deep threat. He's he, Like I said before the show, he reminds me a lot of Marquez Stevenson, that kind of guy. And uh, I would agree, though, he's probably – would have been better off as, as like a – I think he was mostly playing free safety in corner. But okay. I, I like him. He's probably a top 20 wide receiver for me, maybe just outside at the moment. Yeah. Nice. And I, I personally always love the guys listed as athletes. I think in, in the fantasy world and stuff, they get overlooked, so you can always grab them nice and late in your uh, freshman draft. So always worth keeping an eye on anybody listed as an athlete, especially if they kind of pop on tape. And now for the grand finale, I was intentionally leaving this guy to the end because it's an interesting story. He's an interesting player. Looks very fun and exciting. Malik Benson, Juco, just extraordinaire. Um, Four-star, but now committed to Alabama. And so there's a lot of storylines here that I'd love your thoughts on. Number one, Bama going and getting a Juco guy, like, at all is something um i guess his story is grades took him to juco um chris moxley for our website actually did an amazing write-up about him did some like serious detective work to find out a little bit more about his high school career why he wound up at juco and now is like truly one of the most coveted receivers in all of 2023 despite being a juco transfer which is just unusual but I'm not going to do anything else with his numbers or any miles per hour. I'm going to let you guys talk about that. So first come, first serve. Who wants to talk about him first? You can do it, Matt. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, all of us here really love Malik Benson. He's just such an explosive, exciting player. As soon as you pop on the tape, you can just see, like, this guy, he moves different, differently. The top-tier level. Mm-hmm. And it's really, it's really uh, enticing, that kind of – movement skills and that's why i you know i have good reason to believe he will end up being a starter for bama probably as soon as he steps on campus i don't really love the wide receiver room they have there right now i the issue is going to be that him and bond are probably going to end up playing a similar role which i don't like unless you know they could squeeze them both on the field but they're both kind of that linear deep threat kind of players more so but i, I like it i think you know, we were saying before the show, is he Devonta Smith? Is he Jalen Waddle? Is he Henry Ruggs? Is he Jameson? It doesn't really matter. He's probably one of them. So, <laughs> he's a, so you're saying he's a first-round NFL pick already, uh, or at least I think that's very much in his range of outcomes, which you can't say that, you know, very consistently about any prospect at this level. So very impressive stuff. David, what's his miles per hour? You can, you oh, can tell us all it. of that. Yeah, you can sit, Matt. You got him at twenty-two, right? Yeah, twenty-two you, miles per hour. I mean, that's 
that's moving. We should probably create a percentile. I mean, I feel like that's 95th, 99th percent. I mean, you just I mean, not, can, there's like I one can, guy. There's like I can one tell guy you right now. 22. Give me one second. I feel like there's one guy a year that hits 22. I mean, that's just so blazing fast. You have here – someone has here a 6'5 wingspan, which yeah, that's is pretty, pretty interesting. 90, 96th percentile is 22 miles per hour. Yeah. yeah. So on, on three updated their, their profile and Malik Benson after he committed – and um, they they filled that in for us. So they have him at five eleven and a half. So he's a little bit shorter than I thought. I he's listed at six one. Um, apparently he was. That's what his verified height was in high school. Hmm. They have him weighing one hundred eighty five pounds. Um, I don't know if they have special intel on that. And then also a six five wingspan, which is fifty fourth percentile for NFL wide receivers. So that's kind of like I tweeted out. Like I thought he had a build of like. Like Jamison Williams has long arms too, so that's he kind of has like his type of catch radius and also his speed. So yeah, I don't know who you want to cop him to. I when I watch him, I do see some Henry Ruggs too. That's what on three compared him to, and and Moxley did as well in his article. So I can see that. I mean, pick a guy. He definitely has first round upside, and I just want to stress that he actually had a, a pretty strong high school profile. The services probably missed him because he's in Kansas or something, and maybe his grades were so bad that like, he just was like not recruitable. I don't know. But like when you look at his advanced stats, like 6.4 receiving yards per team pass attempt in high school has got to be like 90th over 90th yeah. percentile. I would think it's ridiculous. Yeah. And then 8.2 yards per reception over team. Like that's crazy. And then his long jump is over 25 feet. That's crazy. No, um, that is- so like 9.2 yeah, well, straight. 10-4-400 meter, right? Yeah, so 10 four. Meter, yeah. yeah, so this they had to know who he was because, like, his track numbers are so insane. But um, I didn't – his 20, uh, 24-7 profile didn't have his – I didn't see any offers or anything, so I, I'm not exactly sure what happened there. Well, yeah, it looks uh, like he has two 24-7 profiles. The one Alfred sent, he had two offers, it looked like. That's still it, was Can- it was the Kansas office. schools. He just had Kansas and Kansas State, I think. And you never know – honestly, you never know if those are committable offers or not. I mean, it's hard to say. Yeah. Like, guys get offers, but it's not a real offer and all this stuff. He wasn't – I mean, he was, like, not on anyone's radar. I mean, for whatever reason. Maybe his grades were so bad he was never truly a take or whatever – um moxley if you're listening to this please go read that article it is amazing he talks about his high school stuff there was a wing t offense um and he just absolutely obliterated it every time he touched the ball but there was the volume was low he talks about all that stuff um but suffice to say despite coming juco he's real malik benson is very real talent uh, it's, he's going to be one of these unicorn stories, maybe like the Tyreek Hill story who, you know, I don't know. They take strange paths to get there, but at this point he's going to go to Bama unless something change drastically changes. He's going to blow up at Bama probably the first day he steps on campus. Like you guys said, um, absolutely put him in your 2023 expectations for wide receivers. So when you're, you're coming up with your rankings, Include Malik Benson, probably near the top, but do not overlook this guy and say, oh, he's just a Juco. He is not your typical Juco. All right, gentlemen, for David and Matt, I'm Alfred. This has been The Official.